Anthony, I'm, I mean, I hate that we're having you call in under these circumstances, but I know that you actually like had a relationship with, with Harold, sort of. Many years ago, more than a decade ago, uh, uh, but uh, but I did meet him. I did know him a little bit. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was an interesting encounter, that's for sure. Yeah. Can you because I saw you tweeting out the story kind of. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh, your encounter with him? Yeah, I was a young reporter working for the Associated Press, and I wanted to write about Analyze That. That was a sequel to uh, the the mob mobster in uh, therapy movie that uh, Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal were in. He directed, and uh, you know, met him for lunch in Santa Monica. He was staying at a hotel there, and uh, you know, we had a good long conversation. And uh, I went back and found the story today, and it was not as terrible as my inexperience made me fear it would be. <laughs> he, um, he uh, after the interview, well, I go back to the office and do some writing. He goes, I'm supposed to talk at my friend's uh, high school class about comedy writing while I'm in town. And I'm supposed to go over to that school. Would you mind giving me a ride? I was just going to get a cab. And I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, so I like sleep off the crumbs from the seat of my little Honda, you know, and he's a big guy, he's a big tall guy, he's heavier than we remember him from Ghostbusters, he, was a, right. he squeezes into the car, and I go, okay, well, where's the school, and he goes, I don't know, I don't know where it is, I think it's over here, I can't remember, and so, you know, this was a pre-iPhone days, so, um, you know, we were just kind of driving around, and he would be like, all right, now turn here, turn here. You know, I'm like up over the berm, like I'm making these illegal U-turns, going the wrong way down one-way streets. I feel like this is a buddy comedy yeah, that he say, might have written. I was going to say, this, this sounds like something that should be put in the screenplay form. So I was like, you know, Harold, like you would have to stop and call him. Like, I'm, I'm afraid we're pushing our luck. I'm going to get pulled over here. He was like, don't worry. I've been pulled over a thousand times and cops always say the same thing. I loved Stripes. I loved <laughs> Ghostbusters. We signed this, and I, I I remember saying like, "Yeah, you're going to be giving them an autograph, and I'm going to be giving them an autograph too, but on like a three hundred dollar ticket." So right. <laughs> we escaped the law that day. We drove around for more than an hour. We finally found the school somehow, and uh, and then uh, that was it. Said farewell. It was kind of fun. Uh, he. He was a character for sure. Well, I love that he was even just going and speaking to a high school class about yeah. comedy writing. Like, what a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah, he was a good dude. A lot of people liked him. And, um, you know, what I think was special about him is one of the funniest directors of that era, of the 80s, a time that's, you know, renowned for its comedies. He's right up there with John Hughes uh, as people, who, storytellers who made a huge impression on the film that came out at that time. And his comedy always had interesting ideas behind them. They always had interesting philosophy. Groundhog Day, you know, is about being stuck in a rut. You know, simple as that. And it's brilliant. And, you know, he didn't write that script, but he told that story. And um, Multiplicity is another one I think that's really underrated about a guy who wishes he could clone himself to take care of all the things that he has to do. And, and figures out that the things that we busy ourselves with, we miss them if we didn't do them. Right. You know, if we all we had was leisure time, we wouldn't be who we are. And life is made up of those moments, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he was, he had a philosophy behind what he did, and and uh, he said he hated. He you know he wrote Animal House, but he said he hated that people would say, "Well, it's a, I like that movie because I don't have to think while I watch it." Mm. And he hated that idea. He he thought comedy should. Comedy, more than anything, should make you think. 
You know, it's interesting, Anthony, too, because it's there's a, a fair number of performers who try their hand at you know writing and acting and sometimes even directing, but it's unusual to find one that actually has not only huge commercial hits, but stuff that really is iconic in sort of each of those categories. It seems like he's written, acted in, and directed like three different sets of films, all of which have left like a really important impression on pop culture. Did you get a sense from him as to what was his sort of most beloved craft? Was it, was it writing or was it performing or did he just not, not have a favorite? Um, he, I think acting for him was a hobby. You know, he was good at certain things. I don't think even he would say he was a phenomenal actor. He wasn't somebody who could like disappear into a role. He was great. I think he was great at playing a straight man who is so deadpan that it becomes funny. Like Egon Spengler is so stiff and so intense that he comes full circle and becomes wacky and bizarre and hilarious. Right. Um, but even he said, like, if I remember him telling me, um, you know, if I, if I depended on acting for a career, I would, uh, not only be very poor, but I would be very frustrated. He liked winding up his more talented dynamic friends, more talented. I mean, in the sense of performing and right. being extroverted, he was friends with Bill Murray, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd. And he told me, he loved having, uh, he loved, you know, the, the kind of energy they brought, that he could not perform that, but he could give them material to run with. And he, he, I think his quote was, um, I was always drawn to people who had the least impulse control. <laughs> <laughs> what could be more fun than having your friend be the guy who would do anything? Right. Yeah. And um, that's what he would do. He was like a little kid playing with toys and he would wind them up and they would go. Anthony, do you have, is there one that like you hold like really dearly of his, you know, I guess credits? Yeah. I mean, uh, like any, anybody who grew up uh, in that era, I love Ghostbusters. I think that's one of the greatest comedies yeah, ever made. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think Groundhog Day is, forget comedy. I think that's one of 10 best films ever made. Really? <laughs> wow. And I don't think that. Is it Andy McDowell's performance? Is that what it is? <laughs> It's the Andy McDowell performance. That's the one. It, it's so good that even Andy McDowell cannot hold that movie back. <laughs> oh, poor Andy McDowell. Idea. <laughs> it's such a brilliant idea. And it's so meaningful, that movie. There's so much going on there. There's so much to think about. Like, take out every funny moment in that film, and you have an incredible drama. Yeah. And um, I think that, I think Groundhog Day. I remember going to see that as a kid. I was like a teenager. And I laughed my ass off. And I came out of there, I'm like thinking about this movie, like what, why am I haunted by this Bill Murray comedy? Wow. <laughs> and um, that's why that film just resonates so deeply 